If you're looking for a new school for your child next year, you should check out St. Paul Public Schools. The district is having a school choice fair on Saturday, December 10th at the St. Paul River Center, and you need to check it out. 80% of students in SPPS are kids of color. They've got dozens of black teachers and principals whose kids also go to schools in the district, and that means something. They understand the unique challenges our children face. They believe in inspiring our kids to think critically, pursue their dreams, and change the world. Remember, Minnesota's open enrollment policy. You do not have to live in the city of St. Paul to attend a school in the district. So whether you've got a little one who's almost ready for kindergarten, an eighth grader going into high school, an accelerated learner, or a child with special needs, St. Paul Public Schools got you covered. So head on over to their school choice fair on Saturday, December 10th at the St. Paul River Center. Find out which one of their great schools is right for your baby. For more info, log on to their website at spps.org backslash apply. Want your boss to put some real action behind the rhetoric when they talk about making your workplace more inclusive? Find out how to hold their feet to the fire and demand diversity on the Diversity Dude podcast. Hello there, and welcome back to the Diversity Dude podcast. I'm your host, Lambert Fisher, marriage and family therapist, award-winning author, and national speaker on the topic of multicultural awareness and diversity. And for those of you who are interested in even more positive and encouraging tips and strategies beyond what I share in podcasts like this, then feel free to check out my award-winning book, Diversity in Clinical Practice, nationally recognized for the unique way in which it addresses the often difficult topic of multicultural awareness and diversity. Designed for more than just therapists, if you're a helping professional in any way, diversity in clinical practice can help you meet the greatest variety of cultural needs possible for those whom you serve. And it's available in paper and audiobook versions for your convenience. And whether it be through one of my one-on-one relationship building efforts as a therapist or my informing and empowering efforts as an author and guest speaker, know that my personal mission is to do my part to improve the world one strengthened relationship at a time. So today I want to talk to you about creating a new social climate. In my two most recent podcasts, I discussed various experiences where decisions were made due to the social climate. And then I shared some of the benefits and cautions regarding uh, change for change sake. Uh, I strongly recommend you go back to listen to some of those podcasts to explore the considerations you can make when you make decisions about uh, or in consideration of today's social climate. Today, however, I want to share a few thoughts and considerations for how we can benefit from focusing not just on what should be changed and what shouldn't be done due to the social climate, but also on the opportunities we have to proactively create a better social climate. Here's what I mean. Most often when I hear the phrase due to the current social climate, it's referenced in connection with something that someone did that others felt they shouldn't have done or didn't do when others felt that they should have done something different, all based on a change in the social awareness of a new standard for what is unacceptable. Now, when the standard of what is unacceptable is based on an increased understanding of the impact certain words, behaviors, uh, systemic policies and practices have on individuals, families, and large communities, then I am immensely grateful that things are being considered uh, for change that previously were not deemed to be legitimate or worth the time and effort, almost as if to convey that those who were hurt were themselves the problem. From a therapeutic perspective, I have seen the devastation that comes from those who feel physically or emotionally hurt by someone being blamed for their pain. 
Then after helping them to empower themselves to express healthily their legitimate feelings in hope of a mutually beneficial compromise, they're met with messages that conveyed that the request for change itself was offensive or too inconvenient and that and their feelings of hurt that, that they had that required the change in the first place that they hoped would be considered is ultimately dismissed. However, as things begin to slowly change in our society based on a variety of factors that would be too much to tackle in one podcast, although no one has all the answers as to what should or shouldn't be done, there's at least a new consideration for a social climate that acknowledges that one step toward progress includes identifying and expressing publicly that hurtful words and actions, physically or emotionally, hurting or invalidating someone's hurt is no longer acceptable. This is definitely progress. That being said, while I appreciate this current shift from ignoring or dismissing hurtful behavior, I can also acknowledge that in its current form, this current climate is not sustainable. Uh, it's, not, it's not where we can stay long term. Instead, it must be a step in the direction of a creating of a new sustainable social climate. What I mean? Well, a significant aspect of the social climate today is fear-based. Everyone goes about their lives waiting for the next person or organization to be accused of cultural offense, and then we cancel them. We exile them as one of the bad ones, adding the shock value in the form of how could you think that was okay to do in a climate like this? And while there are many times when drastic measures do indeed need to be taken to protect others from intentional and callous disregard, or worse, it is also true that many people live in fear of being the next one canceled because of something that seemed fine for years was deemed uh, wrong today or tomorrow or yesterday before they even know it. But before they could even realize that and even consider what changes that need to be made, let alone make those changes, they look up and they're canceled. And even cancellation itself has gone beyond legitimate accountability that is necessary in response to intentional or even unintentional harm and has become a social instantaneous death sentence. Even many who promote cancellation, when asked what needs to be done to get uncanceled, have no answer. As a result, fear causes people to do less, interact less, serve less, change less, when what is needed is for us as a society to move past fearfully avoiding or only identifying what's done wrong and to move forward toward identifying and pursuing what is considered to be more right instead. Let me say it even more simply. Instead of only focusing on avoiding what shouldn't be done due to the current social climate, we need to also focus on identifying what should be done to create a new, healthier social climate. What does that look like? Well, just a few considerations. One, as I mentioned in the recent podcast, we need to remember that the goal isn't change for change's sake. Rather, we need to spend time exploring why something needed to be changed in the first place. Namely, what need was not getting met by the way things were. Then we can use that understanding to ask the question of what current needs are being unmet and how can we behave in ways that ensure that we're meeting the greatest variety of needs possible. Not just for some, but for as many as possible. The, the more time we spend moving toward the good, the further away we'll naturally be from the bad. Two. We need to learn the disti uh, to, dis to distinguish between opportunities for growth and oppositional forces. As I mentioned already, many people resist change, not because they desire to or don't care about harm done to others, but because they fear unintentionally causing even more harm. 
and the social consequences that come with that. Unfortunately, what many often don't realize is that inaction, even if well-intentioned, also causes harm because it fails to protect those currently being harmed. As such, we need to learn how to create a new social environment where it's not only a call for change, which is good, but not only so, and are more clear about a direction regarding what positive change actually looks like. In addition, we also need to have grace for those who are actually genuinely trying to have a positive impact and are open to correction and accountability, but also learning and change. Let me be clear, this is different from those who use ignorance as an excuse to continue harming others without consequence. While it can be difficult to discern the difference, that distinction is essential to creating an environment of growth uh, that takes progress, that, that uh, brings progress over time. In light of this, uh, a third consideration is that we need to remember that change does take place over time and requires patience. I don't say this to suggest that we become complacent with the way things are, despite the hurts being inflicted, and to simply passively wait over time for change to come. Oh no, quite the opposite. Time itself doesn't create positive change. Action does. Some things do change overnight. Other things change over time. What we need to do is to cultivate the skill of being open to both. Making whatever changes we can make today and resisting the temptation to judge anything that cannot be forced into that category of immediate change as a failure. Rather, acknowledge that some things can and will change with perseverance, endurance, and consistent character along the way. Creating a new social climate won't be easy or quick, but it is necessary and worthwhile. While a first step may be to acknowledge a new standard for what is no longer and in many ways never actually was acceptable, what comes next must be a growing identification of what alternative, healthier social climates we're pursuing instead. One that sees and meets the needs of a greater variety of individuals, families and communities in our society. I hope for you is that you will be able to look within yourself as well as the personal and professional relationships around you and look not only for what shouldn't be done because of the impact it has on others, but also what needs to be done instead for the health and well-being of everyone involved. If we all set our minds on that better standard and move toward it, then we'll all have a chance of achieving an even more cohesive and unified society, no matter our cultural similarities and differences. And with that, I'll say thanks again for listening today to the Diversity Dude podcast. And if you have any pressing diversity-related questions that you'd like me to address on an upcoming podcast, or if your organization is in need of a shame-free and empowering guest speaker or training on this office-sensitive topic, then feel free to reach out to me directly at www.lambertsfisher.com. And if you know of anyone else who can benefit from a positive and encouraging perspective on this often difficult topic of diversity, feel free to send them a link to my Diversity uh, Dude podcast uh, or consider sharing with them my award-winning book, Diversity in Clinical Practice, available in paper and audiobook formats on Amazon.com. And I look forward to addressing as many topics as possible in future podcasts to help you improve as many relationships as possible at work, at home, and in your community. And as always, remember this, you don't need to know everything about everyone in order to have a positive impact on someone. Thank you all for tuning in and have a great day. Tune in each week and find out how to demand and implement diversity at your job. To hear more, check out previous Diversity Dude shows on ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. 
You deserve more internet than what you get from just your cell phone. Get free high-speed internet at home, a $29.95 value, when you qualify for Internet Essentials Plus and the Affordable Connectivity Program. Enjoy more streaming, gaming, and video chatting on more devices for free. With unlimited data and a wireless gateway included at no extra cost. No fees, no taxes, and no annual contract. Connect to more of what you love for free with Xfinity and the Affordable Connectivity Program. Click, call, or visit a store to learn more. There's a new way to get around in North Minneapolis. It's Metro Transit Micro, a new ride-sharing service that connects you with Metro Transit bus routes or wherever you need to go on the north side. It's convenient, affordable, and accessible. Metro Transit Micro uses minibuses to reach more neighborhoods, and you'll have shorter wait times. It costs just the same as bus routes, and it's easy to use. You can pay your fare in cash, a go-to card, or the Metro Transit app. Just go to metrotransit.org slash micro. Download the app and create your account. It's really simple. So whether you're going to a friend's house in Bryn Mawr to watch the Vikings game, or you need to get dropped off at the Metro C-Line station to hop on a bus to get to work across town, Metro Transit Micro got you covered. Book a ride, get picked up, and get where you need to go. Start riding today on one of the new Metro Transit Micro minibuses. It's back to school time, and that means it's back to cooking breakfast for your kiddos and making school lunches. That's a lot of cracked eggshells and cut off sandwich crust. Now listen, before you think about throwing those food scraps away, think about recycling them. Ramsey County has a program that can help you do just that, and it won't cost you a dime. Ramsey County has a free food scraps recycling program that lets you collect stuff like apple cores, coffee grounds, and veggie scraps. Here's how it works. Put all those scraps into a compostable bag. Then once a week, drop it off at a free food scrap site by your house. And listen, I understand that life is busy, so if you can't get there once a week, just toss the bag in the freezer until you can find the time to do it. To locate a food scrap collection site near you and to get more information about the program, visit ramseyrecycles.com slash scraps and tell your friends and family about it. Let's all do our part to help save the planet. Did you know that United Healthcare helps connect you to doctors and therapists with 24-7 access to virtual care? So I could have therapy from my couch? Yep. Or a doctor appointment from my car? If you wanted to. Wait, you're right. I don't even like when people see me sing in the car. Couch appointment it is. Virtual visits are just one of the ways United Healthcare helps connect you to better health. Learn more at UHC.com. Plan benefits may vary. You started your business with big dreams and big ideas. But achieving your goals is a matter of doing the little things right. At Bremer Bank, we're ready to help you navigate all the details, questions, and challenges you encounter on your way to growth and success. Because right now, relationships matter more than ever. And understanding is everything. Find out more at bremer.com. It's never too late to set the stage for well-being. Here's your well-being tip of the day from YMCA of the North. Put mindfulness in your tool belt. Mindfulness is a method of paying attention and bringing awareness to whatever is happening at the moment. Be open to the idea of being present and honest with yourself. Observe what's happening rather than trying to control what's happening. 
We reduce our stress, anxiety, and negative emotions when observing rather than get overly flustered in our reactions. For more well-being tips, meditation, and yoga classes, visit us at ymcanorth.org forward slash well-being. At General Mills, our table is your table. And we believe racial equity, diversity, and inclusion are key ingredients for our success. Learn more about our work to inspire change at generalmills.com forward slash racial equity.